This is Dan Hodgson from the Callous Dowboys, and you are listening to The New Scene. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The New Scene. I am your host, Keith, and we're back with another brand new episode. And on this week's show, we've got Anaya Lay of Zulu. Have you heard Zulu yet? You must have seen their name by now. And if you haven't heard them, you really need to. But we have spoken to the frontman, Anaya, and we got the full story. Did you know he was a founding member of the bots? Before he was in Zulu, do you know that band? Do you know they were touring internationally by the time Anaya was a teenager? Did you know that he left that band to start over and jump into the world of hardcore and punk and start his own thing? Well, if you didn't, you're going to find out soon. We talk about all of that. We talk about Zulu's upcoming debut LP. We talk about all the creative process and everything that goes into the music. We cover everything. And you're going to love it. That conversation is coming up shortly. But first, here's how you can support the new scene. Make sure you check out our 2023 Spotify playlist. Follow that or friend it, whatever the heck you do on Spotify. I add all of our guests to that playlist as long as they're on Spotify, as well as my own personal music recommendations. Give us five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you write a nice review on Apple Podcasts, I'll read it on the air. Also, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at New Scene Pod. Also, don't forget to support Iodine Recordings. Jerome's Dream, that's right, Jerome's Dream, have announced their new LP, The Gray In Between. Pre-orders are up now. You can get the record. There's a full line of excellent-looking merch. There's a new single out from the album right now called Stretched Invisible from London. Make sure you give that a listen. Also, Jerome's Dream have got a full U.S. tour coming up starting in May. You can get tickets now. For more information, head to the Jerome's Dream Instagram at Jerome's Dream Forever. Or head to the Iodine Instagram at Iodine Recordings or the Iodine website at iodinerecordings.com. Make sure you sign up for that email list. You'll get notified of all this stuff first, and you can get the jump on merch drops and record pre-orders and everything else. And don't forget to support this month's sponsor. That's right. You guessed it. Bridge Nine Records. You've got to get over to the Bridge Nine Records store at 282 Rantoul Street in Beverly, Massachusetts. You have to. You just have to. How many times are you going to make me tell you? The record store is buying used vinyl. They've got rare Bridge Nine stuff that you can only get in the store. They've got a bunch of non-Bridge Nine stuff, all kinds of merchandise, records, shirts, you name it. They've got it. And now they're doing record auctions out of the store. Follow B9 Auctions. On Instagram. The bidding takes place in the comments section of the post. 
So even if you can't make it out to the record store, you can be part of the auctions and get your hands on some one-of-a-kind vinyl. For more information, head to bridge9.com. That's bridge the number 9.com or check them out on Instagram at bridge9. That's bridge n i n e. Okay. So listen, make sure you check back in with me after the interview with Anaya. We'll do a little recap. I'll tell you about what's going on with me. I've got a music recommendation for you. We'll do it all. But right now, we are going to speak to Anaya Lay of Zulu. Enjoy. We are here now with Anaya Lay. Anaya, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Happy to be here. How's it going? How's it going? I'm feeling good. I'm very stressed lately, but it's good stress because there's a lot of great stuff going on. And Anaya, I know you've got a lot of great stuff going on now. Zulu has an excellent new single out, Where I'm From. We've got our debut LP coming out this year, A New Tomorrow. Very exciting things are happening, and Anaya, we're going to get to all that. But first, let me ask you, how are you doing today? Um, today is going all right. I'm super busy getting ready to leave on tour in a week. Uh, not even a week. Uh, when are we leaving? The first show's on the 9th. Yeah, it's coming up pretty soon, so getting ready for that. But, you know, just doing the whole, the whole thing for the record right now, which has been amazing, getting to talk to different uh, people that are covering the record and you know it's been it's been nice it's been a nice time it's got to be fun right you're probably in the thick of a big press junket talking to people every day yeah. getting ready to release this record that i'm sure we're proud of right absolutely yeah it's been you know you know how those go but um it, yeah it's been really cool because this is a really special record and very excited that people are excited for it you know yeah this is awesome stuff you know who's the tour uh what is the tour you're going on in a week um, so it's going to be with, uh, show me the body, Jesus peace, Scout, and trip Jones. And it's a full us. Um, I think we're doing some, some Canadian dates in there as well. So that is a massive tour. It is. It's, it's insane. <laughs> Things are happening pretty quickly with Zulu and it's not surprising because you have a very rich musical history with many bands. You know, you're, you're an accomplished musician. I mean, how do you wrap your head around all of this? Um, you know, I just, 
<laughs> I've been doing music for so long. I don't even think about it as being like a, I don't think about all the things I've accomplished. You know, once I've done it, I'll think about it in that current moment. And once in a while, I guess I'll, I'll come back and revisit it. But for doing it as long as I've been doing it and as young as I started, it's just kind of like, I haven't had the chance to really just sit back and think about the past so much, so, so much. You know, I, I, like I said, once in a while, but I'm so busy with whatever I'm doing next, you know, I'm just continuously going. And then, you know, there are times sometimes where I look back and I'll be like, wow, I, I, I've done a lot of things in my musical career um, and I'll get a little bit surprised by it. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very happy to have been able to do it for this long and in different avenues. So it's, it's, it's interesting to think about because most of the time, like I said, I'll go through it and that's, I won't really think too much of it at that current moment or the current time. It won't be into for like a while. Like for instance, it could be like, like, five six years can go by or whatever and i'll be like oh yeah i forgot we, i forgot we did that that really cool thing and then i also did this really other cool thing you know that makes sense yeah like i don't sit back and think like wow i've recorded a lot of great shows like i i'm just always focused on the next show right right exactly <laughs> so you you have been doing this a long time talk about how you got your start i think your dad was into the hardcore scene in LA, right? And you kind of discovered everything through him. Yeah, yeah. It was um, my dad uh, came to America when he was like eight and so, something like that, and then got into the hardcore scene through his sister, my aunt, in like the late seventies. And then that was it. Yeah, that literally was the. In terms of hardcore, you know, in terms of music, it was both my parents, you know, listening to a lot of reggae, playing a lot of soul and whatnot, but um hardcore rock music classic rock but specifically you know hardcore definitely st uh, stuck out to me is that what grabbed you the most growing up like was that your main thing um it was one of the main things i did like all the music though i was a big reggae fan growing up in a, a household that primarily played reggae and dance hall and dub and you know any variant of reggae you could think of that stuck heavily but the um rock music definitely stuck out as well and specifically hardcore punk. Yeah. Did you ever go through a phase where like you rejected all the music your parents showed you and only focused on punk and hardcore? Like I know I went through that. I know other people have gone through that. Or did you just like everything you like? No, nah, they, they they played really good music. So I liked everything. <laughs> they, they played some great music. And, you know, of course, like when um, my dad was showing us like all the hardcore and stuff, you know, he went through the, the list of, different genres you know different rock genres you know from classic rock to like uh you know uh like stoner rock you know it just for ev everything you know all all that all that sort of that's that umbrella from like the 60s into the 80s but then obviously in there was punk and that was definitely highlighted because there was many stories he talked about from that time period growing up in los angeles in the early 80s uh in that scene so would you like go to shows with your dad? Like what was your introduction to the whole thing? Um, not by the time I was around, he wasn't going to shows anymore. He was just doing his thing. Uh, no, I didn't, I went to shows on my own as like a teenager. Um, but as a little, you know, that was when I had the ability to be able to, to go to shows. I was able to go to shows as a little kid. I was too busy being a little kid and skating to really go to shows, but a little urkid, I should say, as opposed to like, you know, once I got into my teenage years where I was able to, you know, actually take the bus and stuff. Oh, I was taking the bus from early. So never mind. 
Yeah. I didn't go to shows with them, though. I went on my own. You were performing pretty young, too, though, right? Like, I, I saw a video of you, I think, from the bots. And yeah. I guess you're 13 years old, and you're just killing it on the drums. Thank you. Um, yeah, I that band started when I was in the sixth grade. I always... I'm pretty sure it was the sixth grade. I Ever since forever, I've told people it was at the sixth grade because I for sure know that in the seventh grade, we were playing. So yes, it was the sixth grade going into the seventh grade. I joined that band with my brother. He started it. And yeah, we were playing. Um, Yeah, wow. Uh, that was very early. And I, that still trips me out too because I'm like, oh yeah, that you know, I, I played in that band for the better part of 11 years, maybe 12 years. Like my whole, my, like a long time, <laughs> like my whole, my whole, uh, teenage, or like preteen to teenage life was playing in that band and touring with that band. So it's pretty incredible. If you think about it, you've almost already had like two different music careers and how old are you now? Uh, 26. Yeah. Yeah. At 26, you're already on like your second, maybe third career, depending on how you look at it. Yeah. I, I would say, uh, definitely like second or third career for sure. Oh, uh, maybe, you know, maybe fourth. I was in a couple of bands that, that were going places and then I ended up not being in the band anymore. So I guess that counts though. That counts. Yeah, yeah. Of course. So uh, talk about the early days. Like, how did you decide you wanted to play? Um, This is another thing I feel like I've talked about a lot, but I feel like I've never really like, maybe I have gone into depth with it, but it is something that, and it's a, it's kind of a corny answer. It's like it chose me playing music because being introduced to it so young, it just was like something I wanted to do. I remember being like, you know, like a four-year-old wanting to play guitar. I think that was the, the first instrument I wanted to play growing up. But something about the drums was the, the drums was it for me. That was like my, that was my thing. So that was, that was it. I remember getting like a, oh, what was it? Like a toy electronic drum kit. And I vividly remember playing that thing all the time it rocked it had a mic set up in it and i and you could you know it had a little speaker so you could play drums while singing or whatever and i remember getting a drum set when i was eight years old and i had that drum set for many years i don't have it anymore but i yeah i got like a tama like starter kit at like eight and that was the that was really i guess where where it um where it began you know yeah so you just took to it and that's it yeah, like I, I wish it was more complex, but it's it happens so early. It just like it's it's ingrained in my life at this point. I get what you're saying. Like it shows you. I I understand that now because there's things I've been involved in where I never said like I'm going to set out to do this thing. Right. It just it becomes something I do. It becomes a, the part of the fabric of my being, and it sounds like that's music for you. It is. It is. I, I think I could say, and I could safely say from early on as like a kid, as a little kid, I always was like, I want to do music. I don't think I ever had any other idea or profession I wanted to set out to do, you know? Um, and I was very sure of it. So it's kind of crazy all these years later that that's still the, uh, the case for me. And I still am very excited on doing music, still very excited to to play live, to, you know, to tour and make music. So I'm really glad that I didn't, because sometimes people, you know, it, it fades for some people and it, it, that happens naturally, but yeah, I'm glad that for me, it it's, this is it, you know, this is, this is where I was, again, it's corny, you know what I mean? But like when, you know, you're, 
thinking about like what you were meant to do or why you were meant to be here, I think of it like I was meant to play music here and make music. That's like, that's just it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you've been doing this a long time. So you got started in the bots. Was that band just you and your brother? Yeah. It, I mean, it did start off with a whole, like, it was like six of us in it. But by the time, you know, the, the actual band ended up being three people at a certain point. And then, um, yeah, we did that for, for a little while, three of us. And then one of the dudes left and it was just us. So that was the, that was it. Yeah. The majority of our time was us two. And that band ended up doing a lot of great stuff though, right? You played Coachella, Bonnaroo. I mean, you were a band for a long time, correct? Yeah. We did a lot of festivals, you know, TV, all, all like we did a bunch of stuff around the world a tiny desk right yeah yeah how long i mean how long before you get this thing started with your brother do things start taking off and like how do they take off um okay so i remember in and i was just talking about this yesterday so this is perfect because i had a perfect refresher of how it went down the what really you know playing locally in la and trying to promote on myspace and stuff was you know, that was the time period we were at. And I remember Afropunk was coming to do a showcase in LA for the first time in 2009. And they did a show at the Roxy. And I can't for the life of me remember every single band that played, but I for sure know that Saul Williams headlined. And they asked us to be a part of that lineup in 2009. And that was like the first, like the first big thing. And at the time, you know, um, Afropunk wasn't even where it was at, but we knew about Afropunk, you know, we, being on MySpace, of course, like, you know, on, being online at that time. Like, yeah, we know what it is. Um, yeah, the documentary and everything. So we're like, yeah, let's, yeah, of course we're going to do it. We're going to play the Roxy. And it was a packed house, you know, that was the, that I feel like was the first thing to happen that year in, in 2009. Because in 2010, I don't know who it was from the Afropunk camp or if it was someone from the Afropunk camp but somehow the people from warp tour got wind of us and they hit us up and they wanted us to play a couple dates in 2010 on the west coast and that was the second like you know like oh wow like we're getting hit up to play warp tour this is crazy so we did that continue to play locally you know we didn't really tour anything like that and the Afropunk invited us out for Afropunk fest in 2010 so we went out played that that was awesome you know that was like our first time in new york uh it was it was amazing just as a little kid too i was just like wow this is sick as heck at what like we're doing you know we're doing all this how old are you when all this is going on like what's your general age range um you know what i'm going to do the math because my mental math isn't good right now or ever (laughs) really so i'm just i'm just gonna look at how old i was in 2010 (laughs) I, i should know that i was uh turning 14. Wow. So you're 14 years old and you're already playing all these amazing gigs. Like, were you blown away by that? Or was this just what you did still at that age? Um, absolutely blown away, but I kept it relatively chill. I had to. Um, yeah. I, like I, I had to keep it chill because I, I, I think from early, I recognized what um, being, you know, being in a band that was doing cool things could do to people. You know, I, I, I always came from a, you know, I, I would like to think that I came from a really like humbled sort of background and was taught that that was the right thing to do. 
and the right way to, to be, you know? And I just applied that to, um, that was just my life period, but especially when I started to do that music and started to get the, that sort of recognition, I was like, all right, I got to keep it chill. So I like that you had the wherewithal to do that when you're 14 years old. Like I probably would have been a disaster because I was so racked with, uh, let's see, insecurity. You know, if I was getting attention like that, I probably would have been a menace. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I get it. And a, a lot of people are, that's like, that's a really, that's more common than, than not. I think luckily growing up the way I did helped that, uh, you know, I, I growing up in LA and coming from virtually nothing. So it, it makes it, 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 I was really humbled to begin with. So, um, and then also, you know, uh, growing up understanding hardcore punk and the ethics that come with it. So that helped as well, you know, and I'm very happy that I understood that from early on because if I didn't, it could have been a whole other, it could have been a whole another story, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So what's the vibe at school? Like, do people know you're in a band? Do they think that's cool? Like, cause uh, when I was growing up, if you were in a band, you were kind of a freak. Like if you were into music, you were kind of a freak, unless you were like one of the bros in a, in the fish cover band or something like that. That's hilarious. The fish cover band. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, you know, I, I think about it. Like when I was in school, I was already a weirdo to most people. So, you know, the friends I did keep around, they all thought it was cool that I played in a band. I didn't flaunt to everyone that that's what I did. You know, that wasn't like the, oh yeah, I play music, this and that. Once, you know, there was times where we played the talent show and whatever, whatever, but that wasn't like enough for people to, I don't think people really cared, to be honest. Like no one really, no one really cared and everyone was too worried about, whatever they were worried about in middle and high school, you know? So that sounds about yeah, right. I can't recall anyone really being like, yeah, no one really cared. Uh, I think that was the general consensus. Uh, my friends cared. They liked it. So that's all that mattered to me. Nice. So, yeah, I mean, if you're out on the road with your brother, is he looking out for you? Or are your parents worried about that? How does, the, how does the mechanics of that work? So the early, early stages, my mom would come out with us and I think that was just literally because we literally couldn't <laughs> legally do something like that. You know what I mean? Like, and she didn't want us to just go on our own until we got to a certain point where we were like, Hey, we, you know, we can, we know what we're doing. And eventually that did happen. Um, and eventually my brother did turn 18. He's, he's like three or four years older than me. So at that point, um, you know, she stopped coming around. Uh, and obviously we we're like, we don't want you coming with us. You know, we, we don't. No, no one wants their parent on tour with them. And my mom's cool. So that's the funny thing. Even that was like the, you know, I love my mom. Um, so <laughs> that's, yeah, but, but at, you know, at that age, I definitely was, Hey, you know, you're cool and all, but we got to do this on our own. And you're kind of, again, kind of corny. So part, <laughs> pardon me on this, but she was like cramping styles for sure. You know, would she like get involved with stuff like uh, managers and bookers and all that stuff or? Yeah. 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 For a while, for a while she was on the, for a while she was on the, the momager sort of tip as from early, early when we were really, really yeah. young. And then that obviously didn't happen anymore, but um, early on she was on that. And then, yeah, she still was always involved here and there, you know, and then there was a time where she wasn't, but for a good amount of it, when we were like, ridiculously long young um she looked out for us in that regard but she also you know 
and I hope she doesn't take offense to me saying this. It's not that she didn't know what she was doing, but there was a lot of <laughs> there's times where it was like I don't I don't think that's the the correct way to go about things. I don't think that's the I wouldn't say that was the right way to handle situations and. <laughs> So I'll say that about my about my mom, but I am a very appreciate appreciative of her, the, yeah. the things she she did to help us. But yeah, it's a good uh, it's a good starting point. But like you said, you know, you have to figure it out on your own and kind of branch out because whenever whenever you're in the situation where like your mom or your brother or whatever is managing you, it I don't know, it usually ends up bad. Like you usually have to break away from that. Yeah, absolutely, and that was. Um, we definitely got to that point at some, like there was a turning point in our career where we're like, okay, we need to get real management on. We need to get people that can handle the workload that we're getting thrown at us. And that was, that did happen. You know, a couple of years later, um, we started to tour more. We started to leave the country to tour. And that was like, yeah, we gotta, you know, we gotta get into this. So, and we did. How did you balance that with school or did you just start doing more once you got out of high school? Um, so I remember being in the 10th grade and we were getting ready to leave on a Europe, European tour. And it was just like close to the end of the school year. And I was like, I gotta go. I actually can't, I actually can't go to school anymore. Like I have to do this. I'm going to have to do this another time. Um, (laughs) and by another time I was like, maybe I'll just online school, you know, whatever, whatever it takes to, to do this because this is my dream you know this is what i want to do and so i remember leaving school and i had to go at the i was almost done my sophomore year and eventually just to skip ahead a little bit i did end up online schooling and finishing up and graduating that way it's kind of depressing but (laughs) it was no because school sucks it it really does it really does school is horrible i hated going to school if i could have left early if i could i wouldn't have even finished high school if my parents didn't care so much i barely did so if i could have left to just tour in a cool band i would have been gone i would have never looked back absolutely absolutely and i was i think the only thing that i was bummed about leaving about school because i didn't care about like i I don't really have many friends you know i i like just that wasn't my thing being there. So the only thing that sucked for me was leaving the jazz band that I was playing in, in high school. And that was like the one thing where I was like, yeah. So when I was going to, to get, to let all my teachers know and get uh like the, the current grade that I had, you know, so I could, whenever I am, whenever I was ready to do, um uh, you know, go back into school, you have to give like a transcript. Um, so I was doing all that. And obviously every teacher I talked to, most of my teachers knew I played music. They they were all aware of it. My music teacher, uh, Miss Rangale, she was an amazing music teacher. She is an amazing music, music teacher. I haven't, uh, you know, I don't know her whereabouts, but she was always very supportive of the music I did. So I remember leaving and remember, you know, obviously I'm like, hey, this is what I'm going to be doing. And she was just so like, I'm so proud of you and what you're doing. Like, you know, I hope you continue to do it. Um and I hope your music career goes, you know, she said that, that sort of vein of conversation. And I had a history teacher that kind of was on that same sort of ship. She was really proud. And I was like, wow, why? I don't know if this is weird that y'all are like this proud of me to be doing it. Or if it's just like cool to see your students do something else like that's not just going to college and, you know, getting a average sort of job, which isn't, I'm not saying it's bad, but it's not what I want to do. Um, so 
And as a as a music teacher, I assume they have some passion about music. So to see one of their students or a student they know go on to do great things, that has to be a beautiful thing for them. Yeah, I, I will say that. And I had known that music teacher as well from when I was in middle school because obviously, you know, my middle school would go and do stuff with the high school sometimes. And so I and my brother had her as a music teacher. So I had known about her for years. So when I went to that high school, you know, obviously I'm like, hey, here I am. I'm going to, you know, I'm coming to your class. Like, you know, I'm coming for whatever, whatever it is. I came for jazz band. So I did that. And uh, yeah, it was, it was, I'm, I'm, I think she was uh, especially geeked that I was doing that. So yeah, like you said, you, you said it well. I love that. No, that's good. So you continued playing in the bots for a number of years. What happened? Did that end? And how did you segue into like heavier bands in the scene? So the bots started as kind of like a punk band. And I'm just going to preface this. It started kind of like a punk band. And through the years, we eventually became like an indie band. I wouldn't say shoegaze by any means, but it was just like an indie sort of indie pop, indie punk kind of kind of realm, which is cool too. It was super you know, I had a great time playing it. Uh, and I'll give the real story. I'll give the, the real, the real scoop on what happened. So we love that here. Yes. So basically my brother and I had a lot of discrepancies cause I wanted to play more punk and he didn't, he didn't want to play fast stuff. I for years, and this is like over the span of our career. Um, I always wanted to play punk. always wanted to play hardcore, always try to fit in, breakdowns in there you know i tried to fit in things into our music that he wasn't going for you know and that was an ongoing problem you know um we had definitely a lot of fights we definitely <laughs> you know we had so many disagreements on where the band wanted and should have gone and it was something that i was just so i was so um not passionate about the idea of wanting to do hardcore punk or like going back to roots, but I always, you know, yeah, let's say it. I was definitely passionate about keeping those roots in our band. And it was funny because our genre switched up so much. It stayed in the indie pop, indie punk realm, I suppose, but we dipped into other things as well. So I always was like, well, why can't we play this as well? Why can't we do this? This is, uh, you know what the, we came from this. So why wouldn't we, you know, why wouldn't we try to implement? And that to me as a, you know, as a young teenager being like, come on, like this, this is how we started. Why don't let's keep it up. And he just didn't want, he didn't want to do any of that. And can't say that's not fair. Cause that's definitely, that's definitely fair of someone to be like, I don't want to do this. And they want to do something like that because <laughs> what makes it tough was that because it's just a two piece band, there's no other outside <laughs> there's there's no one else to to go to it's literally just us arguing back and forth about it and that's where i was like you know over the years it kind of turned me off more and more about um the band and where we were where we were gonna go because where are we gonna go if we're not on the same page you know um yeah and if you can't like if yeah. you can't express your ideas it's almost like you're just hired for the band in a sense like you you can never do exactly what you want to do you just have to do what your brother wants to do exactly and that's and that was the uh the feeling i had for so long and i you know without without talking smack on my brother um and without um bad mouthing or backbiting in any way it, i was made i was made to feel like i i didn't contribute much other than just hitting some drums and that was 
that's what it felt like, you know, that's not even on a, on a disrespect, not to, 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 um, what's the word, not to badmouth his name, but it was, it was like, I was made to feel like that. And obviously we're young. So a lot of this stuff, I, you know, I equate to like, Hey, we were literal teenagers, you know? Um, and no, nobody is capable of, of having like adult discussions at that age. I know I wasn't. No. I know every, ba- every band I was around wasn't. That, that's just the way it is when you're young. There was no way. And I will say like for our the time we were playing and the I guess the upbringing, being around, you know, touring and being around different bands and scenes and people, you grew up a little faster. And I definitely grew up a lot faster than I would have probably liked to, you know? But even with that being said, it still was like, hey, we're still not <laughs> um, adults and we're and we're still just kids arguing at the end of the day, even though we have a bit of a we have a little bit of a um, step ahead of some people in terms of like the maturity level. But even then, it's like it's this it's this crazy. It was this crazy back and forth of like trying to take things in a mature manner. And then not being mature about it at all. So I will say, like, you know, the times we got into fights and stuff, like, if we were on tour and we got into fights, we let it sit. And we didn't let it affect our set. We, like, we're like, all right, you know what? If we're mad at each other or whatever, whatever, and we were touring, we have to put that aside for the show. Which kind of sucked because sometimes it would span a couple shows. And then we would finally get to a, a place where we were okay, you know? But... It was tough. It was, it was, uh, so all that to say, um, I, through the years, eventually it got to a point where I was like, I can't do it anymore. And our band started to slow down a bit. You know, we had terrible label situations, uh, terrible management situations. We went through the hoops with being in a, a rock band and dealing with all the stuff that you can deal with in a negative way, you know, which also allowed me to learn a lot more about the, industry side of how things work and understanding especially you know as a kid obviously people are going to try to take advantage of you and people are gonna you know they're, they're so easy to just push you to the side if it things don't look like they're working out you know yeah and that i think in general in entertainment that's probably the probably probably sure there's a lot of disney kids that could account for that exact same feeling but we did oh, yeah. we did music so you know to me i'm like oh we're different but we weren't, we, uh, <laughs> you know, we're in the, it is still like, once you get to a point where you're dealing with majors and you're on a level where you're doing these big things, yeah, it, you treat it kind of the same way and people still are going to try to take advantage of you. And that's what happened, um, which is why the band sort of fell off at a certain point. And we tried to keep it going. We tried to revive it. And, you know, I wasn't mad that the band had played its course because we did so much great stuff, you know, looking back, I'm like, wow, we really accomplished a lot in the 10 or so years, you know, being a rock band. And this is our first band. And we did Coachella's and Bonnaroo's and Glastonbury's and played on Canal Plus and like late night stuff and PBS or whatever. We did all this awesome stuff, commercials, video games, you know, like this is, you know, I have a song that's in a Guitar Hero uh, game and i grew up playing guitar hero that's my flip and that's like that was a dream. that's amazing that was a dream come true when that happened i was like wow i really made it and so when the time of the band when i felt the time of the band had ended 
and it was ready to to kind of depart, I was like, I had a successful career and it, I could be happy that I at least did all that stuff. And to me, that wasn't like, hey, I'm going to stop doing music and this is just where my music career ends. I was like, no, this is, it, you know, there was a time where I kind of thought that I was like, dang, you know, I, I what am I going to do next? But I was like, you know what? No, I, I love doing music and this isn't going to stop me. So, and I'm glad I did. I went that route because I, I battled at that at a, a certain point and I was in like my, you know, late teens going into my adult, you know, going into my twenties. So I was like, what am I going to do? You know? But then I was like, no, I I'm, I'm a drummer. I I'm a drummer and a musician. And that's, that's what's going to, you know, I'm going to keep doing music. And if anything, let me at least try to get into, you know, playing the hardcore punk. I've always wanted to play, you know, I always wanted to play in punk bands and, and do that. So let me, why not? You know, this is the, if, if there was ever a time to do that, it was that kind of moment, which I'm glad that happened because yeah, it led me to where I'm at now, you know? Absolutely. So how do you get started? I mean, did you, um, did you know bands that you could jump into? I know you ended up joining dare and culture abuse, but like, how do you segue from the bots into that world? Um, you know, I was so disconnected from the hardcore scene, especially in LA, because I toured so much with my brother. So I didn't know a lot of people. I knew the people I knew, you know, a couple of different bands here and there from like the hardcore and hardcore adjacent scenes. And I was like, okay, well, you know, let me just start something with some some friends. And I started a couple bands, you know, little little punk bands and hardcore bands that didn't do much but we played local shows and we got you know got involved with the the hardcore scene over here you know and did that and then eventually that landed me in dare um doing that was it difficult because you know you're coming from the bots the that band did everything like you mentioned it had a quite a career and you you reached the heights and you did everything that every band imagines that they want to do was it was it hard for you to then like start these smaller bands in the hardcore scene and almost start over in a sense? Um, no, I actually was, you know, while most people might, I was excited to do that because that's what I wanted to do for years. I wanted to, you know, at that point, playing those big stages and all that, I love doing that. That's awesome. But I wanted to go back to roots. And that was kind of my, my, my whole spiel. My whole point it was like, I want to go back to playing what, I grew up listening to and what I know, you know, and that was, so going back to doing all that stuff was super fun. I, I loved it. I can't say I thought anything of it other than just like, I'm having a great time and I'm not stressed out about playing music. Cause at a certain point being in those big sort of acts with, you know, with that, uh, notoriety comes responsibility. And, <laughs> you know, uh, I think at that age, I was I had a lot of responsibility and I was the one doing the social media. I was the one talking to the labels. I was the middleman for a two-piece band and I was that person. So it was nice to not worry about any of that and just playing a local show and being relatively stress-free. That that made me very happy. And I think I needed that at that time too because of the um from leaving that environment and feeling like I, you know, I wasn't really worth much to music. It was nice to get back into a place where that's not even like the the main 
objective is to get big and it's not the it's not the worry to um there's no crazy responsibilities it's just fun getting back to that's awesome yeah and that's what i was like really excited about was getting back to having fun playing music yeah and i don't think uh i don't think anybody gets involved in this scene thinking they're going to be big like maybe back back in like 2000 when these bands were first blowing up into the mainstream more like poison the well dillinger escape plan maybe but i don't think anyone gets into this music now and thinks like oh i'm gonna be big this is gonna be my career well maybe they do but i don't know uh there might be some people but for the most part i would like to think that you're you're right no one goes in a hardcore or punk with uh with that mentality you know well, I feel like it's circling back around now because I don't know. There's like knocked loose and scowl on uh, Coachella this year, so may- maybe that looks like there's another wave coming. It is, but I think bands like those bands all come from the same place of the DIY hardcore punk um, roots. They, you know, all, I know. I, I would like to think those bands did for sure. I, you know, I can't speak for them, but I come being from the same scene and knowing those individuals. I'm like, yeah, we come from the same place i don't think any of us intended on having that sort of notoriety but that's just awesome that it happened that way you know and it's i think that's also awesome that there's that light on hardcore punk like that and hardcore in general you know i think it's great because there's, there's just a lot of new bands that are great there's a lot of new stuff out there that is great including zulu now thank you yes this is a great band i love what you're doing i love that it doesn't sound quite like everything else that's going on i love all the elements that you put into it the the sampling and the the various different musical samplings that you know it just gives us a sense of who you are of who the band is i like when bands do that it it there was a lot of sampling in the 90s going into the early 2000s and then it stopped for a long time so i i love when bands do that it's a, i'm a big fan of it it is it is and i, I thank you i appreciate that cuz it definitely was the pro, this project was the band where i was just like i had played in bands i had been a member to someone's band and i'd never started something really on my own even the bots wasn't something i really started on my own i kind of just joined into something that my brother started but Zulu was the first time where I was like, you know, there's been many years where I I had so many ideas when it came to visuals, when it came to merch, songs, everything, you know, how I want a band to look and how I want it to, to go about. And so starting Zulu was my, like, it was my, um, my start from day one, sort of like, let me do this exactly how I want to do it and unapologetically whatever that looks like i'm gonna do it you know and include all the things i like in into it as well um whether that be hello kitty stuff or star wars stuff or you know um whatever other pop culture sort of cutesy things or whether it's a soul record or whether it's a jazz record or a reggae record in the samples or it's malcolm x talking like it's it's all those things like the uh conglomerate of these ideas that I like and I just put it onto a record, including the music and making music that's just like it's just scattered, kind of just like just this crazy kind of form of power violence, but it's not quite. It's something. It's kind of different. I don't know what it is, but it is something. So, you know, and I'm and I'm not even like a I I really don't care for labels, you know. And that so doing all this stuff um in this band 
this is what I wanted to do for a long time. And it, it might not have necessarily sounded like this. It could have sounded like anything, but it ended up like this. And here we are now. I love that because I've been in that situation where I'm just a player in a band and I have this vision. I have very specific things I want to get out there, but I just can't do it because it's just not time. And now that you're doing it, I mean, it's got to be the best feeling in the world. But tell us, how did you get started? Like, uh, how did you go from drummer to frontman to putting this thing together? Um, so at the time, I was playing in Dare. And I think at that time, I might have been in Culture Abuse. The idea of Zulu actually started, and I've, I've mentioned this a couple times as well. Um, so maybe some people might be familiar with it. But it started out as being a vegan straight edge band. And it was going to be, yeah, vegan straight edge band. And I wanted to do vocals on it. You know, um, that didn't work out. I, I realized I'm like, uh, yeah, I just, I wanted to be in a vegan straight edge band that didn't have white people in it. And that was the, the start of that idea. And then it became, okay, well, if I can't do that and you know, that's not working out exactly how I want it to work out, then I'll just do a band another way. And at that time I wasn't putting a lot of effort into it because I was touring a lot with Dare. And I had other bands I was in, but Dare was like my, you know, we were touring a lot. We were doing a lot of stuff, putting out releases. But in my spare time, and at the time I was living in Pomona, California, and I was in a pretty awful state in my life. I'll be real. I wasn't in a great place when I started Zulu. How so? Uh, Relationship stuff, just mm. friendship stuff, mental stuff, mental health stuff. It was uh, oh, a lot of stuff, family issues you know obviously with my band the, my band with my brother that was an issue at that time for, uh leaving it so i was in a really tough place and i was like i need to do something for me i need to do something that's like just i need to get these ideas out you know uh, i was tired of always being just pushed down you know i had a, i had a threshold and that was at that point in my life i was like all right i think this is the perfect time to try to do it so that's when i tried to do the vegan thing didn't work out. So I was like, all right, well, let me not think of it too much. And let me just write music. Let me just write whatever comes to mind. You know, I, I hit up um, our, you know, Braxton Marcellus, our guitarist early on. I was like, hey, I want to start this band. Um, and we were playing it. We had played in a band together uh, right before Zulu started. So, you know, we we're friends, but, you know, so, you know, he was down, but he was busy doing stuff too. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to try to write some stuff and see where it takes me, you know? And this was the first EP, basically. Um, uh, our, uh, our Day Will Come was the, pro it was maybe written over the course of like almost a year because I was touring, busy, you know? It was something I was like, this will be a side project. This will be like a side passion thing I'm going to do. And at the time, I remember hitting up Spencer from, trash talk and he was down to come in and do a project that was kind of in the vein that i was thinking because the early influence was like mind eraser and like early ceremony that sort of that sort of sound was what i was going for um i was like i like that you know like the early weekend nacho sort of stuff that was like yeah i, I love that stuff and spencer was one person i knew that was uh uh, well versed in that style, so I was, and he was down. Obviously, he ended up 
you know, having a kid and being busy. So he ended up having to drop. So I was like, man, trying to find a lineup is going to be tough. And during that time, I'm still writing the EP, you know, and I think what took so long was because I was so nervous about what people would think about it because I had that mindset of, I, I can't do, I can't do this. Like I, which is bad. I was, um, I, I feel bad that I felt that way. That's natural though. Like whenever I tried anything new singing in a band, this podcast, I almost talked myself out of it because I was like, I'm going to be horrible and nobody's going to care. But I, that's what we have to overcome to achieve greatness. Yeah, exactly. And that's what, what, that's really what it was in the process of writing that while simultaneously trying to get a lineup together, it yeah. was overcoming that fear, but it was also the, it was the, um, the trauma of being told that you can't do this and that your ideas aren't good, you know, whether that, and that was the tough part because being in bands through, you know, through time, I would always try to suggest stuff and no one ever really went for it. And I'm like, okay, yeah, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. That's fair. Still sucks though. Still sucks being told that all your ideas pretty much are, are bogus. It really does. You yeah. know, I've heard so many stories over the years of like successful people saying like, don't listen to anybody. Don't let anyone tell you you can't do anything. And I used to think like, ah, oh, that's like too simple. But it's so true. Like yeah. when I look back at my life and I look at all the negativity I was surrounded by and everyone telling me that I can't do things or myself telling me that I can't do things, when I actually just started doing stuff, it worked. Yeah. And look, it's working for you too. Yeah, exactly. It really, it, you know, that, that simple advice goes so far. And I wish I would have listened to it earlier, but I'm gl I'm happy it happened when it happened because yes, it you know it was a part of the journey, and that's the the thing that um, helped me grow as a person was that journey I went on to get here. So the journey to get to our day will come was a tough one, and I was you know again I was in a really crazy place in life and this was my way of letting it out which is kind of why it ended up maybe as sporadic and wild as it did and i'm happy about that because you know um i like how it sounds you know i was i was happy to do it i recorded it all in one day uh in lancaster and at my friend's studio and it was yeah you know it, it worked out and i remember getting ready to release it i was like okay well let's see what people think about what I'm about me doing vocals. I didn't even know what I thought about me doing vocals. I had never done vocals like that. I, you know, I, I, I was just like, I want to do it. That's it. I just want to do this and I want to see what people think. And so. Was it hard to get the vocals where you wanted to get them? Cause I know the first time I tried to sing, it was really bad. And I had to like go to the practice space by myself and just keep trying stuff until I found something that worked. Yeah, it was tough. Um, it was it was definitely tough trying to uh, figure out where I wanted to go with it vocally, which is why it's and even till this day, it was it took a while to get to it. It took two releases to realize I can't sing this way, and it's probably not best if I do. So I'm going to continue to try to find what works for me best, and I did. I eventually did that. I, I feel like I'm in a good place now, but I want to I want to learn more about vocalizations. You're going to get into any like vocal coaches or like expert advice? I do. I want to. Um, I really do, especially now in my the point of my career. I'm like, oh, this band is actually doing a lot of cool stuff. And 
I foresee the band to continue to do cool stuff. That means I need to really take care of my vocals. And so far, I, I feel like I've done a good job. I feel like I'm I'm doing a really good job uh, at it. But I want to I want to get to a you know I want to be able to do different ranges. I want to be able to you know utilize my vocals in every which way possible, but in the safest way possible. I've heard so many horror stories. I'm just like, nah, I gotta, gotta take care of it. Yeah. Contact the experts now and save yourself some trouble later. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you're in the thick of it. I'm sure there's people out there who are going to want to help you. Yeah. I I want to, um, you know, I'm, I'm not the most, uh, aware of different vocal coaches, but I'm, but I've heard of a couple of different names, uh, Names I can't remember at this current moment, but names that if I, you know, if I just take a second, I'll be able to, I'll be able to see. But yes, there's some, some people I want to look into training with eventually. And, you know, maybe around the time the second album comes out, I'll probably, probably be there. So you do this first EP and uh, things are getting going. How does it turn into more of a full-time gig? You know, um, the reception was lovely for uh, Our Day Will Come. And I was not expecting that. So I was like, oh, snap. People liked this. Let's let's do more. Um, it was a very natural uh, progression where I was just like, all right, well, you know, this isn't, I guess this is not just going to be one demo that I put out. It's going to be a, I, I got to do a follow-up. You know, I want to, I want to do a follow-up. People were really happy about it, really excited about it. Were you playing gigs too? Um, Yeah, we played a couple gigs. Uh. I think the first, the not. I think I know the first show we played was in 2019 in December, right before the new year. Um, we played two shows, and then we played a couple more into 2020, and then obviously lockdown happened. So by that point, um, we probably had five shows under our belt, and people were digging it. So I was like, okay, this is cool as heck. I'm I'm excited to see where it's going. And then obviously, yeah, all that happened. So yes. we, we released uh, my people hold on. Um, that year in 2020, like May in May or something like that. And after that, it really started to snow, you know, people had nothing but time to just check out music. And that was it. They really enjoyed it. They really dug my people hold on. And I was like, okay, this is cool as heck. Um, This is really cool. People really like this and it's gaining, it's gaining more notoriety than I was expecting. And because of that, I was like, I might have to rethink uh, what this band actually, you know, the the what this band can do, because this is not what I was expecting at all. You know, it's got to be a wonderful surprise, right? Because I mean, it's almost like your whole life is leading to this moment, and now you're finally doing what you want to do, and now that people are responding to it so much, it's, it's just got to be the best feeling in the world, right? It was one of the best feelings in the world, absolutely. Like uh, to this day, it is because. Not only is it because, oh, this is a cool, like, this is a band that I'm doing, but this is a band that I started, and a lot of these ideas come from my brain, and I'm just like, wow, people mess with that. People like that. And not only that, they, like, are inspired by it, and I'm just like, wow, that means the world that, like, yo, people are actually, like, they think that what I think is amazing, and, you know, when that EP came out, people were doing papers on it in school i know some pe- some teachers were talking about it in in uh their universities that they were teaching at i'm like wow like what like, oh wow <laughs> i heard stuff like that i was like what the heck like man if only you knew i wrote this in my room and <laughs> i was in a crazy place mentally 
writing these these wild songs thinking that you know i'm gonna obviously uh, appeal to like the hardcore crowds but it started to leave the hardcore world and that's when i was like oh wow like this is cool as heck people are and it also was the turning point for a lot of bands like us that were from the hardcore scene and getting noticed in a different light people were starting to be like oh snap look at a band like turnstile look at you know that was like that that time period where it was really i hate to say becoming mainstream but it was becoming you know more noticed as a whole so we just got in we got we got into that that wave which was cool i'm i'm happy that that happened because it showed people a whole side of it, it showed people different sides of hardcore you know yep and a lot of the bands that were being noticed co- were coming from different sides turnstile sounded different from code orange uh, a band like scow sounds different from zulu but we're all doing we're all from the same world and people are starting to see that they're like wow these you know i can be into all these other different sounding things and still be in the same community it, it, that was just one aspect of it but it was cool that that happened and so when that happened after the ep and, and when it came time to do shows again we started playing and we saw a lot more people were rocking with zulu and we're just like we got to do this we got a tour we got to you know we got to go out there and do it more um and see where it takes us and it it was more it kept on being like a we got to see where it takes us let's just keep doing it let's why wouldn't we you know let's let's just do it and exactly yeah we did in addition to the music being great i think the message is important too like i think we need more of that right now just look at all the crazy shit that's happened in the last three years yeah i mean that stuff has happened since forever though so that's the thing yeah in addition it's it's always happened it's not really a it's nothing new and i've talked about that many times and you know i let people know that this the contents of what the band talks about isn't a new subject and i never you know i don't really talk about it too much outside of it because i like to allow people to just check it out and read it for themselves yes but it is you know a lot of people do talk about it and have talked about it and it always goes under, um, you know, it just goes out in one ear and out the other. People care about it for a little bit and lose interest in it like it's a trend. So so that's where I'm like, this, you know, we're not talking about anything new. We're, this is old. This has been, ha- this has been happening. Um, but obviously, I, that's not the only thing I want to talk about when it comes to the music and the message. I, th- there's way more to it than just trauma. And I'm not going to just, I'm not going to just do that. So. Yeah. No, and I, I think that's the move because... You know, if it's only about one thing, I guess you're limiting yourself in a sense, even if it, that thing is so important. But, you know, it's I think it's good to uh, explore every aspect of you and the band. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that message is always going to be abundantly clear. And we're, you know, as a band, we're always, people are going to know what we're about, whether they like it or not. So I could talk about other stuff, but people are going to know that we're here to, what we're what we're here for and what we're trying to accomplish and do. You said... In another publication somewhere, I forget which one, that the music is something to the effect of the music is going to be excited and unexpected and something we haven't quite heard before. Can we expect that when we hear A New Tomorrow, your debut LP, which is coming out soon? You darn sure can. Absolutely. It is 100% going to be something different. Something familiar, but something different for sure. There's going to be aspects on it that people are going to be surprised to hear. There's going to be aspects. that are going to take people on a bit of a of a of a ride a whirlwind 
And I love it. I'm very happy to do that. And it's all intentional. Everything is intentional on this record. And I hope people like it. I So far, people are, are digging the new LP and, you know, they just don't know all the, the twists and turns we have. And it's not like it's crazy twists and turns. It's nothing, it's nothing wild, but it is different. Yeah, I mean, it's just like the arrangement and the whole package is important. Like, even if you go back and listen to, like, Refuse, Shape of Punk to Come, Okay, the songs are really interesting, and they like they sample a jazz band at the end at one point. When you look at it now, it's like, all right, that's not that crazy, but but it's cool. Like just just the whole presentation, everything about it, something is great about that. And I'm expecting the same from you and this record. Thank you, thank you. I love Shape of, Shape of Punk to Come, and that record was insane for that time. And from you know where Refused was, where they started to where they ended on that record, it was so. Oh, that's just a, that's a, that's a really cool, um, comparison. So thank you. And, um, obviously shout out to the members and refused. I love those guys. So yeah, I hope that has the same effect. I hope it does that same sort of thing. And I, you know, obviously for the first LP, it's always going to be, uh, like it's the, it's, it's your statement piece because EPs, yeah, EPs are cool and great. And you know what the band is about, but the LP is always the first, like, yeah, this is this is who you are, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to hear it because, you know, listening to the discography, everything that's out there right now, you know, like I mentioned earlier, it's like a, it's like a journey. It's not just the songs because, you know, being involved in hardcore punk, whatever you, whatever associated genres, I don't even really pay attention to lyrics too much unless I can understand them. And occasionally I can, but just everything that you do that's on the record, uh, you know, it just, you really get a sense of who you are and what you're about. And I, I just like, it's like a journey. It is. I like everything that's going on a lot. I like the whole presentation. Thank you. Thank you. This is a journey that I am, it's very meticulous. It's very thought out. And I'm, it makes me happy that people can recognize that or see that, you know, cause it's just like, wow, I really, I, I really put a lot of effort into this, you know, not that like most musicians do, but especially with the band like Zulu, when it comes to presentation, when it comes to all that, it's so important to me, you know? Yeah. And it's got to be so great to have an outlet where you can put all these ideas into it and everything that's bouncing around in your head. Like, you know, before I had this podcast, I would always be like, oh, that'd make a great sample or, oh, this be a great music interlude or, oh, but I never had anything to do it with. And now I can throw it all into this podcast in various forms. And, and you can do that with this band now. And it's, I, I mean, it's, it's a good feeling. Yeah. It's awesome. When it's amazing when you have an outlet, you can just literally do what you want. And, and, um, you know, that's the best part. You can, you get to be creative and really let that shine if you want it to shine, of course. Yes. How does it work uh, within the band? Do you just present the ideas and then everyone hashes it out or well, how does it work? Um, you know, um, I write a lot of this stuff and on this last LP, I've had uh, some of the members help me out with some of the, the music, which was great, but I, you know, they all understand that the Zulu is my baby. So I have a very strong, um, you know, attachment to it and how I want it to be. And they appreciate that and respect that. And obviously they're amazing musicians. So I respect what, you know, what they think as well, but yeah, they are all of the, they know that this is my, this is my, my thing. 
That sounds like a, I need to get myself a situation like that where it's my baby and people will listen to what I say. How do I do that, Anaya? You know, uh, you got to start. Yeah, like well, you started your podcast, so really you can do that with this. But that 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 was um really what it was, just like starting it on my own, but like communicating that at least, you know, and letting letting them know, but also respecting you know what they think as well, of course, you know, if they don't like it. I, I tried to do that with a band, and well, the band's not around anymore, so we all know how that went. <laughs> yeah, I, I I that's happened. I've been there literally. Okay. All right. So I'm not alone. That's good. No, not at all. So what do we have coming up? We've got a new tomorrow that's coming out March 3rd, right? March 3rd on Flat Spot. Um, the tour with Show Me the Body. Um, various musical festivals throughout the land uh, in uh, the next coming months. Some stuff not announced, some stuff announced. Uh, some European dates um, in midsummer. Um, we're still getting that tour together, but um, so we've been announcing festivals. We've been uh, getting, we've been announcing some of the festivals for that. Um, some stuff later in the year that I can't talk about yet, but more tours, festivals, fun activities. Um, hopefully more to come as well. But obviously the, the, the biggie is, uh, a new tomorrow. That's excellent. Yeah. It's all happening right now. This is it. This is the best time. One of the best times anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very, very excited. So happy to be here. That's awesome. I'm curious, what happened uh, with your brother? Like, uh, are you guys cool and everything after the end of the bots? Does he still play at all? Um, he still does the bots. Um, he does it on his own. Uh, I'm not sure. I haven't kept up with it. Um, on the realist of reels, we don't talk much these days, and maybe one day we will. But you know, I wish him his best, like the best on his endeavors. It sucks to not have the communication with your brother like that, but that's you know. Nothing I can do about that. Uh, yeah. when, whenever he wants to get together and talk, we obviously can. We're brothers, so. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that, that. that's a shame because, yeah, you're brothers. I mean, you have to communicate. Well, yeah. I guess you don't have to, but it, I mean, you should. You should. You, you should. I mean, if it's really not a good situation, then I understand that. And for many years, it wasn't. So hopefully he finds peace with everything that's happened and... Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. But yeah, that's kind of where we're at right now. Do you uh do you see him when you go home for Thanksgiving or Christmas or anything? Is it weird? No, I don't go home for Thanksgiving. No, my mom doesn't live over here, and I don't talk to my other side of my family like that. Well, I mean, not all of them, but uh, I see it's kind of a I, kind of a touchy situation. But yeah, it is. That's uh, a that's a story for another episode of the new scene. Yeah, that's another another <laughs> another story, but. I, you know, I, I, for holiday stuff, I don't even really celebrate. So I just stay home. Well, Anaya, uh, I just want to say thanks so much for coming on the show. I mean, I love the band. I love all the bands you've been involved with. I'm really looking forward to the new record. And uh, I wish you and the band continued success. This is exciting stuff. So thank you. Thank you so much again for having me. I'm super excited to have been a part of this. And yeah, this is great. Thank you. And there you have it, Anaya Lay. You know, I like what he said, that the music chose him. 
I mean, he's just in this thing from a very young age. Check out that video on YouTube of him and the bots. He's just killing it on the drums. Very talented. I mean, he's out there touring the world, doing his thing. And like I was talking about with him, I know that feeling. You know, you're in a band and you just feel stuck. I've been in that situation. Like you see the path, you know how things should go or how you think they should go. You know what you want to do. You know how you want things to look. You know what message you want to get across. You know what you want the aesthetics to be. And for one reason or another, you just can't do it. So Anaya made the tough choice of leaving that very established act and starting all over again to do what's in his heart. And he did it. I mean, Zulu is just a really cool band. I like all the stuff they put into the music. I like the sampling. I like the different elements of heavy music and other music. It's very interesting stuff. And I can't wait to hear more. I like every, I really like everything I've heard so far. And make sure you check out the debut LP, A New Tomorrow. It's out right now. It just came out this past Friday. And it's great. It made me think a lot of my own situation. You know, I've been working on a band for a while now. It got sidelined because of the pandemic, and we're learning to be in a band, and we're learning to be in a band again. I mean, most of us have been in bands before, some of us not, but I'm learning to do it all over again. I forgot what it's like to work with people. I forgot what it's like to accept other ideas. You know, we had a practice last week, and it went really well. The practices are actually going better and better because I'm putting more effort into it. You got to put in the effort on your side. You got to step in and move things along when appropriate. I'm really happy with the stuff that we're writing. The song that we've been struggling with this song for like a year, and I didn't know what to do with it or where to go with it. I wanted to give up more than once. I tried to give up once, but they said to just put it down and we'll come back to it. But I think we've got the structure down, and I'm just doing stuff that I don't usually do, and it sounds really, really good. So I'm very excited. I know I've been talking about this band for a long time, but you will hear it as soon as we're ready to start playing shows, which is going to be soon. I'm going to get out there and start doing it. I have learned my lesson. Do not invest a year into doing a multi-track studio recording to get the record and then go out and play because the band will break up before you ever even get out there. At least that's what happened to me the last time. There may be some other musical stuff in the works too. I'm waiting to hear about that. There's a lot of good stuff happening. You know, I was thinking about it the other week when I was high and when I was in bad shape and when I was doing nothing. You know, I just always sat around all messed up, alone, watching the same movies over and over and over again, thinking, God, I wasted my whole life. Why didn't I invest myself in music when I was young? Why didn't I get out there and tour? Why didn't I make that my passion? instead of just going out and getting fucked up all the time. Why didn't I apply myself? I could have done this. I could have done that. That was my story. I had a lot of regrets. And now, like last weekend, I worked on music for the entire weekend and nothing else, just like I wished I had been doing. And you know what I thought? I thought, man, I wish I could just sit around and get high and watch the same movies over and over again. This is exhausting. (laughs) So it's flipped now. But I am sort of living my dreams. You know, I have a creative pursuit that I can put all of my energy into week after week and other stuff on top of that. So I'm really 
really happy with the way my life is turning out. I feel good. By the way, who's watching The Last of Us? I don't know if I've talked about that on this podcast yet. The Last of Us, of course, is the HBO show based on the acclaimed video game. What do you think? It's the only show I'm watching right now, and I like it a lot. I think it's getting better as it goes along. It's good bordering on great. The only thing I I don't love the character of Ellie in the show. I don't know what it is exactly. I think she's just really different from the game. From what I remember, I remember playing the game and really liking the character, but I don't love the character in the show. I am I am warming up to her more, but I think it's just different. It's like if you read a book and the character is one way in the book, but completely different in the movie. I think it's something like that, but look, overall the show I'm really enjoying it, and it's nice to have something to look forward to every Sunday night because right around that time every week, I'm anxious, thinking about the next day, and it's good to just watch something and unwind. So, good show. I recommend it. And you know what? This year has been off to a great start. My band is making progress. Like I mentioned, there might be some other music stuff in the works. Financially, I'm more stable than I've ever been. I just feel good. I feel good. It's been a good couple months, but with the good comes the bad. And I got some bad news this week. Uh, A friend of mine is sick. It doesn't sound good based on what I heard, but I'm not even really letting myself think about it too much right now because there are more tests to be done and there are more diagnoses to be had. So I'm I'm just kind of bottling it all up until I get more information, which may not be the healthiest thing in the world, but that's the way it's got to be right now. So I'm waiting to hear more news. I think there's going to be some tough days ahead, so I'm bracing myself for that. But I know I'm going to be okay because I've got a strong support network. I've got a lot of people I can talk to, and I've been through a lot in my life, but I have the tools to deal with it now. So I am scared, but I'm not worried. And the way I am, you know, I I work constantly. I I get up, I start working, I work all day, I work into the night. There's a lot of laying around too, you know. I I take as much time as I have. If I have a lot of time, I'd use all that time. If I don't have a lot of time, I don't. So I take a lot of breaks. There's a lot of laying around and then I get up and I'm back in front of the computers again, and I'm working. So I got this news, and I was sitting there working, and I stopped and just was staring at my desk for a minute. And as soon as I stopped, the thoughts come rushing in, and I was feeling really sad. And I don't know how or why, but (laughs) I'm thinking about my friend, and I'm like, oh, remember that time you saw The Dangerous Summer? They opened for Alkaline Trio back in 2009. You've been meaning to check them out for 14 years. Why don't you do that? <laughs> so I did, and I landed on the song The Permanent Rain, and it was like a mystical thing because the song really fit the moment and how I was feeling. And I've been listening to that song a lot ever since. So that's my pick for this week. We're going to end the show with it. Uh, unless you're on YouTube, if you're on YouTube, you won't hear it. I don't put the songs there because of copyright. But I'm going to add it to the New Scene 2023 Spotify playlist so you can hear it there as well. So that's it for this week. So if you're out there and you're struggling, just know that you're not alone. 
find the people that care about you, find the people that support you, and stick with them. We're going to get through this. Take care of yourselves, and I'll see you next week. Oh God.